All right, so uh, last week we were talking about giving. We uh, talked about a certain lady of the Bible and how her gifts were perceived by others and how they were perceived by God. And uh, so uh, sometimes it's really nice when God kind of gives you a, a sign that you're working on a, the right path. You know, he... He speaks to you in many different ways, and um, uh, the other day, um, someone was talking about how they were now looking for a, another place to go to church because they didn't like something that that happened where they were at. And that always piques my interest. You know, first of all, you're always looking for new recruits, right? And then second of all, I always like to know what went wrong. You know, what the problem is, because we have this. This is a common thing we see day to day. Is you know, people don't like something and they leave. So is it a, a personal issue or is it a, a church issue, a religious issue? What exactly is the issue? So we can combat these kind of things. And, um, you know, the general thing is whenever someone starts attending church regularly, the idea is you want to continue to grow with that church and become more and more involved. And so you want to start doing more and more things, maybe eventually take on some leadership roles. And um, that's where this person was at um, in their walk with this church, to the point where they were wanting to do more things. So, of course, sometimes when we want to do things, we need a little bit of training to do that. But the thing that was the, the straw breaker, so to speak, is, is that to take a course to become into a position of leadership to teach, to do certain things like that. They not only required you to go attend some classes, which is fine, that's perfectly acceptable and, and often recommended, but they also wanted you to give them your debit or credit card information to make sure that they, you could, they could regularly receive their tithe. And their justification for this is that you need to be lead by example. Well, the problem is they need to go one more step up. And the person that's in indicating these rules need to lead by example. Because they don't have any idea why... God tells us to give. Because if you're giving because someone tells you to, and therefore you're getting something out of it, you have taken God completely out of that equation. You are now making a simple transaction. And you're not giving by faith. You're giving out of requirement or by want. And this is a, we're not talking about, this is a big, big church. A multi-thousand person attendee church. So I'm not going to say the name, but I'm sure of a little bit of thinking about it. You probably figure it out. Now, we have to have our finances to work. But we, the main reason is, that's a byproduct of being able to keep a building like this running. The main reason is, is what it opens up the 
between us and God. So we're going to continue on with talking about giving today, and we're not going to we're going to get off that subject and move on to the other. We're actually going to talk about another lady of the Bible and how she gave. Let's start by going to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to talk about your word today, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. And just take myself out of the way, Father, and give us what you have for us today. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, I was looking for something, and um, I came across a lady that was never really on my radar before. Matter of fact, when my, my wife asked me what we were, I was going to talk about today, I told her, and she said, I don't think you're saying that right. I said, oh no, I am. I, I did some little bit of research, and I am. And uh, we're going to talk about a, a lady called Dorcas. And um, now, that's not a real popular name today. I don't think I've ever heard anybody called that before. Um, that is the Greek translation. Um, in Hebrew, she would be called Tabitha. But if you're looking for a baby name that nobody else has, there you go. And um, she's going to come from Acts 9 and 36. And I uh, can turn there and I'm going to set us up a little bit before we actually get into the text today. And um, we don't have a whole lot of information about this woman. So uh, I had to do a little bit of research and kind of gather from other sources because kind of to paint a picture of who she really is. And bottom line is she was a, a seamstress. She made dresses and bales and garments and different things like that. That was her, her profession. Um, we don't hear anything else about any kind of her family. We don't get any kind of genealogy. We get nothing like that. Um, just that she was a, a garment maker. Um, possibly she was a widow, and this was her form of income. But let's see what the, uh, the word actually has to say about her. And that comes from Acts 9, and starting in verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation called Dorcas. This woman, which was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Well, the story's not going too good so far, huh? And whom they had washed, and they laid her in the upper chamber. And for so much Lydia was nigh at Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, and sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay and come to there. And Peter arose and went with them, and when he was come, he was brought unto the upper chamber, and to all the windows they stood all the, the widows stood by him weeping, and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made, which she would with them. But Peter put them all forth, and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, saying, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when she had called the saints and the widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass, when he tarried in the days of Joppa, with one Simon a tanner. All right, so 
She primarily took care of the poor and the widows. She would make garments for them and would give them to them. And you know, this was a very unique thing for the people that received these items. Because these people are, are poor, they're widowed. Oftentimes, a widowed woman didn't have much because they relied so much on the husband to provide for them in, in every way. And oftentimes, they would just fall to the wayside. And people would, would see this because, you know, when you don't have the things that you need, we look at a, a homeless person, we see that they're, they're dirty, they're ragged, and we, we dismiss them. And the same thing with these widows. They would not be put together as well as someone of means, and this would show. But these, these clothes, these garments, these cloaks, were able to hide all that. And you know, anyone that's ever had a, a, a new piece of clothing that, that looked nice, when you look nice, you feel good. You feel confident about yourself. And that's the kind of things that these people were experiencing. The, this woman, by giving these clothes, made their lives a little bit better. And it's something they could use day in and day out. People would see. Now, she wasn't looking for anything. She was full. And when we are full of spirit, we are full of God, it overflows. And it comes out to others. She wasn't looking to receive any praise. She wasn't looking to receive anything back. This was just something that God laid upon her heart to do and she was able to do. And, and was able to, to help these people. So it talks about now availability. So many times in life we say we are going to do. People have talked about all the great things they are going to do and, and we, we make plans, you know, when, when, I would, can only imagine the prayers that went up to God. Oh Lord, if you only give me them winning lottery numbers, this is all the things that I'm going to do with it. This is how I'm going to help all these people. I'm going to be so generous and do such great things if you only do this one thing. We talk about when we find the time, we're going to do this. When we get the money, we're going to do this. But most often, times and not, we, we never do. Availability is one of the greatest gifts we can give. I don't know what her financial state was. I'm assuming that she did well enough that she was able to buy the materials and take the time it took to make these garments to be able to get away. That She was able to tell, still take care of herself as well. She wasn't suffering through the process. But she didn't say, hey, you know, if I took and applied this time and I applied these materials to myself, I could make my 
welfare so much better. No. She had everything that she needed, so she took the extra and she gave it to others. She provided. We see that she became sick and died. Now, we look towards the future. And there's all these different things that can happen, could happen, might happen. And we look about our state and where we're going to. We start getting older. So we might think, well, my time is growing short. So there's really not any time for me to really start anything right now. That was something I should have done years ago. Or we might be sick, and it's like, well, I'm on an exit route. I don't know how much longer I've got, what I'm going to be able to do, how much longer I'm going to be able to keep going. So we don't do. We just say, forget it. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Because we could be in the greatest state today. We could be healthy, we could be happy, we could be whole, we could have all the funds that we need, and tomorrow everything can turn around and upside down. Just like that, we can be stricken with a, a disability, a disease, a financial hardship, and everything turns around. Now we see that she was sick. But it doesn't say anywhere that she was sick and stopped. We just see that she became sick and died. So I believe that she kept right on doing what she was doing right there to the end. She didn't just say, well, I've done enough. She didn't just say that, well, i, I got to take care of myself right now. She kept right on, and she died. And she never thought that when she died, she'd be coming back and doing it again. We see from the text that she was greatly adored. That people mourned her death. And of course, we all have people that love us dearly. Our close friends, our family, our loved ones. But these were the people that she helped. That she touched their lives in a very special way. Have you ever noticed that? That when someone special that they are when they are full and that fullness is overflowing that people like them you know that's a human thing we all want to be liked and we go about all these different ways of trying to get people to like us that's what peer pressure is we start learning about that when we're children don't become the peer pressure. Doing things because others are doing it or others want you to do it just to get them to like you, just so you can fit in. Miss Tabitha here, she wasn't trying to fit in. She was just letting God work through her. And by doing so, she was loved by so many. So many that 
They thought that if Peter could come, then perhaps he could do something. Could we say that they had faith? Could we say that by this woman having such a heart for God and doing God's work, that she caused others to have faith? Let's turn to James 1, 26 and 27 for a second. Somebody move James to my Bible. All right, James 1, 26 and 27. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridled on his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, and the man's religious is vain. Pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows, and in their affection to keep himself unspotted from the world. It goes back to my example I started out with first thing this morning. The world. We want to look good in the eyes of the world. God's not about that. We are, are, are tricking ourselves to think that by these acts of religion that we are doing something grand. The grandness is is the basic principles of what Jesus did. Taking care of the less fortunate. Healing the sick. Closing the naked. Feeding the hungry. Now I have to wonder if this woman, if she had just tried to do everything to grow her own wealth. If she didn't care about the people that uh, walked by, whenever she got sick and died, would anybody have even cared? Would anybody have even took notice? Would they have took the time to, to summon Peter? And if she was just a, a, a selfish, worldly person, when Peter got there and he prayed to the Father in heaven, for her resurrection. Do you think that this was a, a prayer that God would answer? Because we see that every time that the power of God was used to raise the dead, it was to bring forth faith. It was to further the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And that's exactly what happened here. Just like when Jesus raised Lazarus, people saw this miraculous miracle. And that's happened here. These people saw this woman come back to life. They saw the power of God. And whenever you can see the power of God up close and personal, it draws you closer to Him. And people got saved.
Now, we never know what God's master plan is. We know that God wants us to be a part of it. Well, oftentimes, we don't know what our role is. And that's why God tells us to keep my commandments. Follow my example. Because if we are doing that, we are in no fear of hindering God's plan. Now granted, we cannot stop God. God's going to do it with or without us. Anywhere along the way, if someone had failed at their assignment here on earth, God would have found someone else to do it. There was always another way. We see it every time that someone failed. He was able to take and turn around that failure and use it for good. We've seen it with Abraham. We've seen it with David and many others. God wants to use us. And who wants to hinder God? Who does not want to be part of that? Each and every one of us in some way, and it might be so small that we don't even notice it, or nobody else might notice it around you, but God does. And in some small way, we are all part of his master plan. And we see now this woman, she was just doing what her heart told her to do, to give, to be generous. But there was much more. She died. Came sick and died. But Peter came. And she was resurrected. So we saw all these people witness this miracle. We see the faith build. We see people increasing their turning to God. And that was just the first step. Because I don't know what Peter was doing before. I don't know what his plans was before he came there. But Peter needed to be where he was at. Because he stayed there a while. And what does Peter like to do? Peter likes to talk. So he preached. How many people you think was touched by having Peter there. As we keep going on through Acts, if you want to study up tonight, we see that, that Peter, he uh, resided with a Simon, a Simon the Tanner, who uh, would tan hides and make garments out of them kind of things. And for a, a Jewish person, that was an unclean job because you're touching dead things. But as we go forth, we're seeing a big change because just a little more farther down, we see that Peter now gets some insight from God. And we also see then that Peter goes to the Gentiles and brings them in 
The Holy Spirit comes upon us. So this woman just doing what she should be doing, what each and every one of us should be doing, is just giving from the heart, letting her fullness overflow, was a key element in a series of events that led thousands of people to the Lord. We don't know what our moment's going to be. We just need to be available. We're talking about time. We make time to do what we want. We make the things we want happen in some way or another. We find the way. We just need to start changing what we want. Changing the process. Thinking differently. We're time of year again, we're buying gifts. Each and every one of them has a purpose. And we talked about some of the purposes last week out of necessity, out of pressure, out of wanting to receive a certain action and expression, out of wanting to see someone's happiness. Let's start thinking about how God wants to see it. What are we doing for Him? It's easy to make excuses. And we have to wonder. Every time that we got fearful, that we hoarded up, that we shortchanged, that we weren't a cheerful giver, that we weren't making ourselves available. How many times are we hindering the kingdom of heaven? How many times are we allowing God to skip right over us and move on to someone else? Now, Tabitha wasn't a joyful giver. If she wasn't full and overflowing, we wouldn't be talking about her today. Whenever she died, that would have been it. Maybe there would have been someone there to mourn her, and maybe she would have been there all alone. We don't know. We see that she received a great gift that she wasn't even expecting. That she wasn't even, didn't even know was possible. That she wasn't even trying to get. Could you imagine what that felt like when her eyes opened and she was pulled to her feet? 
what that had to do for her faith and her connection with God. And how much more she was able to do after that point. Giving is not about what we're giving. It's not about whether it's clothes. It's not about money. It's not about a value. Giving is about God. It's about realizing that everything we have is because of Him. It's about having enough faith and enough trust to be able to let go. To rely on Him as a source. And not trying to figure out every little step. Not trying to worry about every little thing, every little penny, but turning it over to Him. People debate all the time. I talked about last week, you know, that, that people will, will put you down if you're in financial hardship but you're still giving to the church. They think that's an unnecessary thing. And we'll see that when things get hard, that is what gets cut first. That the church is forgiving. There's no consequences to that, so we can let that go. But there's great consequences to it because that's the source of everything else. God's not asking you for 10. He's letting you keep 90. He's not asking you for all of it. He's, let, he's asking you to just share some. And this is not just our money. It's our, our thing. It's our time. Availability. Making yourself available. And so many times we have an excuse before the question has ever been asked. We have a justification before there's ever a reason for it. Because we make ourselves available for what we want. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity again, Father, just to get into your word. We thank you for these people, Father, that had a, a story and a part of their lives, Father, that was was godly, Father, and was worth you putting down in your word, Father, for us to share and enjoy this day, Father, that we can learn from it. And we, we thank you for this, Father. We thank you for, for allowing us to be able to, to gather this knowledge, Father. And we ask you to, to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. And not just to hear it with our ears, Father, but to embed it on our hearts that we will go that extra step, Father, and, and do more and be more and to be available, Father, for you. It is so easy to be selfish, Father. We are so easy programmed that way that we can start breaking the chains of selfishness, Father. Breaking the, the chains of this all this self-preparation that's been brought upon us by the the sin of the world, Father. We can start overcoming that. That You sent your Son, Father, that Jesus already overcame the sins of the world, and we are covered by his blood, Father, so we know that we can overcome these sins too. Father, we ask that we can able to do that, Father. We can start making changes 
And Father, there's so many times there, there are so many things that are, are trying to teach us the wrong things that are, have the wrong intentions, Father, that you'll be a, a light for us, Father, that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us, Father, and point out the direction that we need to be going for, Father, and, and lighting our path. Father, I ask if anybody has any decisions they need to make today, Father, any need that they will no longer be holding it in, Father, no longer being contemplating it, that they'll just break free, Father, turn it over to you, and let it be handled. We thank you for this, that this is the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, 394.